I'll call the regular uh, town council meeting um, to order at 5.02, apparently, on my computer. So you have the agenda in front of you. Are there any um, additions or deletions? I'm seeing head shakes, meaning no additions or deletions. Throw, throw one on your, uh, our deputy mayor. Great. Would someone like to move the acceptance of the agenda? Quick question, are we not considering the Could you use your mic, sir, please? Councillor Good, could you use your mic, please? I thought it was a motion to postpone. I think it's, uh, we should, I think there's an item that we should adjourn to a later date. Can we do okay. that when we have to arrive uh, at that time? I would think that we would adjourn the closed session, Point Division 2, exceptions to disclosure, hard from personal privacy, if we can adjourn that to a later date. Um, would we to a date specific? We should pick a date now. Would we have a discussion about it when we arrive at that item? Well, the if we need to adjourn something, because we haven't officially, we have to make a decision based on some. We still have to discuss. Okay. The item probably to agree on if we're actually adjourning it or not. There, there are two options. So I, I would prefer to just leave it where it is and Go ahead, Ruth, do that then. Council does have two options. They can opt to defer the matter now, or they could choose to postpone the matter once it comes open for discussion. It wasn't coming open until 7.45, if I'm correct. That is correct. That is a scheduled time where we have external parties that are uh, zooming in. Okay. Um, the thing is that there's, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, I know. We're in a bit of a quandary on that one. So as long as we can do it later in the meeting, maybe that will be helpful. I'm fine. Yeah. I'll okay. withdraw my motion. Okay, thank you. Um, any other uh, considerations for the adoption of the agenda? Someone like to move the adoption? Uh, thank you, Miss um, Downing. Uh, all those in favor? It is carried. Thank you. Okay, we have the minutes of August 9th, regular council meeting in front of us. Anyone have any uh, changes of note for that? I'll move the minutes as presented. Thank you, Mr. Good. All those in favor? Great. Okay, we also have the minutes of August 18th, a special council meeting. I'll move those minutes. Thank you, Mr. Scammerhorn. Um, I should ask if there's any discussion. Apparently not. All those in favor? It's carried. Thank you. Uh, any public hearings? Uh, Deputy Mayor, if we may, before we get too far into the proceedings, <coughs> I'd like to take this opportunity to introduce Michael Travish. Um, this just seems like a good spot to do it, and if I do it later, it'll become uncomfortable. Uh, Michael is acting as a, an interim director of corporate services 
um, in my absence since my last day is on Friday. So he has uh, agreed to help uh, uh, support the town and the activities um, during uh, the time it takes to uh, fill the position. So I would expect to see him here for a couple months. Um, he has uh, relevant experience in financial and in corporate matters and municipal government. Um, I don't want to take too much of his thunder because I'll give him the chance to say hi if he wants, but um, over 15 years experience with various municipalities. Um, so we'll be able to uh, to guide council as we're coming up into our budget season and election cycle and strategic planning and whatnot. So uh, it's going to be a busy time. It would have been difficult to have that position vacant for any amount of time. So we're, we're very fortunate to get Michael up here to assist us. Well, well, welcome, Michael. I can't say that tonight for some reason. <laughs> so uh, welcome to Peace River. And um, we have, uh, well, five of seven councillors here tonight. And um, I'm sure we'll get to know each other a little bit uh, better in the coming months. <laughs> a lot Just have to get a drink of water once. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure we'll get to know more. Yes. Okay, I just have to have a little consultation with the acting CAO here first. Thank you for that. <clears throat> okay, we have um, a presentation in closed session, which unfortunately means that uh, just council is going to be uh, present for that. Um, those that are leaving, if they want to leave a message with someone, we can um, get the time to you when we come out of our closed session. I do need a motion to go in camera and then I'll close off the so recording. Moved. Mr. Ford moves that we go uh, in camera. I'd like to have, I'd like to see it brought up in our next regular council meeting while we have a chance to um, take a look at the information that we've been given and also receive any response to that within council. But I'd like to have, so I'd like to have it brought, I'd like to have it, I guess I would like to have this adjourned to the next regular council meeting for further discussion and with consideration of some of the communication that we've received. Can I propose an amendment? Certainly. Um, instead of saying the next council meeting, can we say a future council meeting and then that way that gives us time or it gives administration time to meet with, you know, 
whatever appropriate stakeholders, perhaps there's not time to do it before the next. I just don't want to tie administration's hands in terms of amendment accepted. So uh, I didn't quite get your actual motion, but your motion is to to adjourn this item to a future council meeting. And uh, for reasons given. Okay. Um, and Mr. Town, can you help me? Uh, we can do the adjourn. Is the correct motion to do that? Um, so I'd just like to amend that a little bit and looking okay. at the nice cheat sheet that our executive assistant has provided. Uh, the wording that she or they have indicated is move that this item be postponed until. Okay, I'll um, move that it be postponed until I accept that until a future council meeting okay um, move that this uh, purchasing policy amendments be postponed to a future council meeting and what I was also getting from the discussion is that we've had at least uh, two um, I don't know emails or uh, communications that uh, would be considered and hopefully answered by that time. So if anyone else had a further um, question or something like that on the purchasing policy, it would be advisable to get that in soon so admin and council, well, admin could have a chance to maybe uh, research it. Uh, Ms. Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. I, the, the, one of the uh, communications that we received was a request from the Chamber of Commerce to continue that communication between the Town Council and the Chamber of Commerce that we've been developing over the last few years and and so making sure that as we move forward in this policy that we have an opportunity to engage with those stakeholders yeah. thank you uh, any further discussion on the motion okay then all those in favor of the motion it is carried. Thank you. Okay, I would say that that purchasing uh, policy uh, is one of the, well, it's one of the basic things that affects all sorts of levels of town business. So it's important that we get it right. So thank you. Um, next we have, I see, Okay, so with respect to new business, I have uh, Northern Sunrise. Am I in the wrong place? I no, see. That's correct. You're in okay. You're um, in the correct place. Uh, oh, I see. Instead of Miss Moni, we've got her supervisor. Yes. <laughs> that's it. Miss uh, Moni uh, could not uh, attend uh, Deputy Mayor uh, tonight, but I think she was calling in. Was she okay. not? She is. Uh, no, she is. Um, I was supposed to teams her, and I just a moment. <laughs> okay, so the next item on our agenda is the Northern Sunrise County Municipal Development Plan referral, and Ms. Moni and Mr. McQuaid will yeah. carry us through this. You could just it's quite a document. Call her directly on there. Do we want to bring forward item four, and then? And then we can, that gives Mrs. McQuaig time to coordinate with Ms. Moe. Uh, that item is actually a second set of people phoning in, so. Oh, okay. uh, yes, complicated. It, 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 is, it is many moving parts this evening. So, Director 
Uh, McQuaig is just uh, allow me to stay out of Madam Deputy Mayor, Miss McQuaig, the on the um, online agenda. When I open up the Northern Sunrise Municipal Development Plan, it's actually pulling up the appointments to item two. So it's on there twice. I'm okay with that. I did read the other one, but I just want you to be aware of that. I uh, clearly I updated the wrong document. I will. Correct that. My apologies, Council. have difficulty for a few minutes maybe uh, we we could have Miss Bell um, move into uh, item two MPC appointments oh that's Miss Moniz also okay which oh, sorry. I could, I'm basically kind of elected to lead you those. can do that one yeah so, okay well we'll, we're, we'll start off with the first one uh, deputy mayor and council, which is uh, the bylaw 397-21 Northern Sunrise County MDP plan uh, that was uh, forwarded to us uh, for review. So the town has received a referral from Northern Sunrise County of the county's new proposed municipal development plan, bylaw number 397-21. The MDP has been referred to the town pursuant to the referral policies established by the town and the county's Intermunicipal Development Plan, the IDP, bylaw number 2046. So the county has referred their new uh, municipal development plan to the town, and uh, the MDP applies to all lands within the county and establishes policy direction for future development related decision making. The MB MDP replaces the, the county's current plan and the MDP is a part of the county's municipal planning framework and must be consistent with the direction established under the IDP pursuant to the MGA, including the IDP, IDP between the town and the county. The town's IDP referral policy 7.1, which applies to statutory plan referrals, includes changes to a municipal development plan and states that the the Manager of Planning and Development, which is uh, Ms. Modi, uh, provides the referrals to Council at a public Council meeting for review and decision with respect to the substance of the response. The Manager of Planning and Development provides a recommended response to Council for a consideration. Are you there, Alicia? Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah, I've just started uh, kind of in the introduction on the MVP one here, so. Okay, excellent. Okay, uh, so we've included the recommended response within the package and within that, uh, I'll just go through the options. Uh, well, we'll go through the response first, I guess. So under the response, we looked at a number of items within the plan and there were some items that we kind of pointed out that we wanted to refer to. Uh, for them to have a further consideration back on. And at the back of the MDP, you'll find the recommendation letter 
that uh, Alicia has put forth. And so basically uh, what we're looking there is just saying that uh, basically the municipal development plan has to be uh, in accordance with the IDP and follow uh, the policies that we've jointly established under that. So under that, uh, the one of the things we looked at was uh, just uh, under the development, uh, especially policy 8.4.5 of their NDP, which provides direction with respect to industrial development. And this considers agricultural industries, natural resource extraction industries, small scale agricultural operations, heavy industrial development, hazardous industries, and light industrial development. The policy provides broad direction and limit direction to decision makers with respect to the future development of the lands. In particular, light industrial development, it's recommended that the county remove light industrial development from policy 8.4.5 Given that Sunrise Gateway Business Park is uh, the specialized industrial commercial area identified in the NDP and the existing lands district for commercial or industrial in the county provide the significant existing land base for light industrial development. And uh, I don't know, Alicia, did you want to highlight anything more under that part? Um, I just think the, the rationale there is that by including light industrial kind of in a broad and consider it anywhere policy is not really giving a lot of strong direction about where it should be appropriately developed and for that particular type of development it's not tied to a specific area or agricultural activity that is happening throughout the county so it does make sense to be a little bit more prescriptive about where it can be developed and um, and they do have lots of land uh, acres and acres that could be considered for industrial. So uh, it makes sense in my mind to remove it. So um, I think councillors, are, are you okay with the, the verbal or would you prefer to see this on your screens? It's just publishing now. If council can just bear with me, it'll be ready in about 10 seconds. Sounds good. Pause, wait for that to yeah. come up on your screens. Good. I got it open on my email. Uh, one thing that while everybody you is waiting for the technology to catch up, uh, that I wouldn't mind just mentioning is that I did have a chat today with Northern um, Sunrise's administration and to kind of want to touch base with them to see what their thoughts were on the draft letter and didn't raise any significant concerns about the feedback that we were pro providing. So I think uh, from an administrative perspective anyway, they're, they're not concerned about presenting the feedback that we've provided so far to their council, which is nice. So essentially, um, if I could, Ms. Modi, you're saying um, essentially the town would recommend that Northern Sunrise either have areas for light industrial or not allow light industrial all over their county sort of thing essentially by changing the policy in this circumstance we're saying 
that if you want light industrial um, development, one, you have land already that are earmarked for that. And so our, my recommendation would be that they focus on developing those lands. Uh, and then if there was a need for new lands, then you'd want to do the planning first before you, you allow industrial in new locations. Thanks. And Mr. McQuig, if you don't mind, maybe uh, council could uh, have comments as we go through sure. on the different ones. So, yeah. councillors, any comments on the light industrial recommendation? We're good. Okay. Okay, so thank you. The second one uh, concerns uh, basically uh, the area structure plan policy direction, uh, namely, the ones that we're looking under here, uh, we're saying that consistent with the direction established by the IDP, the county should consider adding additional policy identifying within an area structure plan would be required prior to subdivision or development in more general terms. Uh, when proposed development is not in proximity to a hamlet, in addition, the county should consider updating policy 13.7.2 to ensure that the preparation of an area structure plan or a concept plan occurs prior to the development of the development approval. So there's just kind of more uh, a process thing, making sure that they have the area structure plan in place first prior to those subdivisions. Uh, did you want to add anything into that, Alicia? Uh, yeah, no, that's pretty much it basically the policy was just I think a little bit backwards and that it talked about approvals for subdivision and development before area structure plans and really area structure plans should come first provide the direction for those decision making processes. Councillors any questions on that idea? Good thanks. So the next one was under uh, environmentally significant area policies. And basically what we're looking in here is the proposed municipal development plan identifies both environmentally significant areas and environmentally sensitive areas. The county should consider updating environmentally sensitive areas definition as follows. Means those areas affected on the environmental sensitive area map and the wetland inventory map. So just want to make sure both were identified within there. So, Alicia, any comments on that one? No, I don't have anything to add. Okay. Councillors? <laughs> Madam Deputy Mayor, um, Alicia, is it appropriate for us to comment on that? I did, when I read that one a couple of times, I thought, is this an appropriate area for us to put our paddle in, so to speak? Uh, I, I think it is in that we, the, the idea talks about wanting to make sure that those areas are identified within the plan and then from my perspective if you look at the plan document and how it addresses environmentally sensitive areas it, it points to very very specific schedule uh schedule d and and that one has all of their environmentally sensitive areas except for their wetlands which are separated out uh into a separate schedule which is partly separated out just from uh it's difficult to display all of that information on a single map so i mean is this is it 100 percent essential that we do maybe not but i think it is also just uh i would call it friendly in terms of just making sure that their documents 
doing what they're intending. And that, I'll just add to that, it's prudent as well to address that since a number of those areas are adjacent to our municipal boundary. So, with, and that's the whole spirit of the IDP. Thank you, Jim. I, I agree. I, I was a little confused about us weighing in on this document, which we wouldn't have done before the IDP. Yeah. And I, th I think what you, you could look at it also as providing a good sounding board for the county uh, so that they pose their ideas and sometimes they can use us as a sounding board for these to kind of tighten up the policies. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, the next one is uh, development in proximity to rail policies and the proposed MDP does not currently identify guidelines for new development in proximity to rail uh, railway operations as a decision-making reference document and consi consistent with the direction established by the IDP, the county should add a policy identifying the guidelines for new development in proximity to rail operations as a key reference when considering planning, subdivision, and development decisions adjacent to the rail network. And something I will comment on too, this, this is something that we've been recently involving in our planning operations as well when looking at subdivisions or new development. Uh, Alicia, anything to add on that one? No, I think that'll cover it. Okay. Councillors? We've learned that uh, we want to know what we're supposed to do around rail lines because uh, it can take forever if we have to ask questions. So. Yeah. And just uh, kind of speeds up the whole process when you're dealing with CM Rail or rail companies in terms of that, understanding what the implications are. So. Then uh, we had some general feedback uh, going forward on the MDP as well. Uh, that the town encouraged the county to add a policy directing that such reports must be completed by a qualified registered professional as currently defined in the plan document. And this would uh, involve traffic impact assessments, stormwater management plans, anything that would have a geotechnical or engineering basis to them of just requiring that an appropriate registered professional sign off on those reports. questions on this is all really good advice are we are we um, are we billing them for Alicia's time for their help with their MDP here because this is very comprehensive work she's got here well it is it, it's the, the responsible thing to, to do on our behalf it's, uh, within the IDP but point is noted councillor standpoint uh, Policy uh, 13.6.8 of the proposed MDP, uh, and this is more just the administrative one that uh, the reference should be updated to 13.6.7, not 8.5.7. That's more just a, an administrative one there. Uh, one I uh, you know, back up to one is uh, one of our recommendations is the county should identify county water and sanitary systems and the lands that could be serviced by those systems within the plan because we felt, felt that was uh, a little deficient uh, in the, the current document. Nisha, any other 
comments on that piece? Yeah, I think that's another one where I would consider it a bit of a friendly suggestion. It doesn't necessarily directly, um, it doesn't directly impact this town because it is really more about the county administering their plans. But on, on the flip side, I guess it does in the long term uh, affect the town and the region as a whole because the more we can be trying to use the infrastructure that we have in the ground and increasing its efficiency rather than extending infrastructure, uh, the better we are from a financial stability perspective. And I think that when our neighbors are more financially stable, then that is also good for the town and vice versa. So a, a friendly suggestion, not direct attacks, but I think definitely regional good practice. Yeah. An example of that is probably uh, what we've recently gone through with uh, County Northern Lakes on the uh, intermunicipal pipeline between the two municipalities. There's a lot of lesson learned through there. And the last one uh, is stormwater, and that the town should encourage the county to consider it and incorporate into the MDP policies that aim to limit, mitigate, and lessen the impacts of stormwater movement on neighboring uh, municipalities. And this is a lot of the stems also from uh, just recognizing within our shared municipal boundary, we do have a lot of watersheds that do cross through that municipal boundary, whether it be Pats Creek or the Hart River basins, you know, and taking those into consideration within their, uh, their MDP as well. Uh, Alicia, any comments on that one? No, I think that's that about the Any comments, councillors? It looks like a very thorough review has been done by our planning department. And uh, so thank you, Mr. McQuaig. Um, councillors, uh, would you consider uh, making a motion? Uh, there were some options presented to us, but what would you? Madam Deputy Mayor. Yes, Mr. Good. Um, I move option one, the council direct administration to provide the town a piece of a response to the bylaw. Um, 37 slash 21 municipal development plan referral to Northern Sunrise County as drafted. Okay, so 397 slash 21. That's correct. Okay. Any further comments? All those in favor? Great, Thank it is carried. Thank you very much for all the work that was put in. Yes, indeed. Yeah, well, a lot, all that thanks goes to Alicia. So she's uh, done a lot of hard work on this one. Okay, no thanks to you, Jim, but thanks to Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay, the next item on our agenda is the request for a decision with respect to the MPC appointments. Um, and Ms. Modi or Mr. McQuaig might be speaking yeah, to so us. There again, I'll kind of lead the discussion and Alicia can jump in uh, with comments after. So basically the issue is we uh, have some thick vacancies on the Municipal Planning Commission, the MPC. And as you know, the MPC is a municipal board established by bylaw that is responsible for reviewing and making decisions on discretionary use and development applications and may also provide advice and input on strategic planning processes. 
The MPC is established by bylaw number 1993, and bylaw 1993 states that the membership of the MPC is to be comprised of nine members with no more than three members from council. The remaining members from the public at large shall be appointed for a three-year term and may be renewed for a further three years. We currently have one vacancy, and in addition, uh, Mr. Nickenchuk has indicated a willingness to step down uh, due to consistent challenges uh, with being able to attend the, the current MPC meetings over the last two years. And so we have, in reality, two vacancies uh, that we're recommending be filled tonight. So we've had uh, three applications uh, to date, uh, Channing Stenhouse, Tyrell uh, Kaler, and Norbert Thiel. And we've uh, reviewed the applications with the MPC committee, the current MPC committee. And uh, that was reviewed on the 10th of August, uh, 2021. And the MPC passed a motion recommending, recommending that council appoint Ms. Stenhouse and Mr. Kaler to the MPC. These appointments will maintain the gender, diver gender diversity of the public at large members of the MPC and will bring both small business and public not-for-profit perspectives to the decision-making discussions. So the options there, uh, Council appoints uh, Channing Stenhouse and uh, Tyrell Keller to the Municipal Planning Commission for a three-year term pursuant to bylaw number 1993. Option two is that Council decline to appoint new members to the MPC. And option three is Council appoints two candidates at their discretion to the MPC. Thank you. Uh, any questions at the moment? Someone care to move forward with a motion? Uh, Ms. Downing? Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. I'd like to move that the Council appoint Channing Stenhouse and Tyrell Keller to the Municipal Planning Commission for a three-year term pursuant to bylaw 1993. Thank you. Uh, questions? I was just like, I'd like to add an amendment to that, but I think it's a friendly amendment. Okay. Um, that I, with, with thanks to Norbert Thiel for applying for the position, because I think when a person steps up, it should be recognized. Thank you, Mr. Good. I, I accept that amendment. Okay, Ms. McQuake, you've got that. Okay, all those in favor of the motion as amended? Great, it's carried. Next council, and yes, we'll reach out to Mr. Thiel and, and provide a, a, a thank you letter. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Okay. okay, and I think we can say goodnight to you, Alicia. Goodnight, Alicia. Thanks, Alicia. Awesome, thank you all. Good night, Alicia. And thank you, Mr. McQuig. Okay, next up, we have a briefing note with respect to the human rights complaints, and Ms. Bell is leading this discussion. Thank you, Deputy Mayor and Council. So I'll just move that a little closer. Um, the briefing note before you is an update for Council in regard to two um, complaints that were received by the Alberta Human Rights Commission um, in regards to the Tax Pass program. We have received notice that these complaints have been. Um, 
dismissed, I believe, is, yeah, as they have no merit uh, based on the Alberta Human Rights Act. Um, and we've been provided information that the um, program itself, based on the income levels and the human rights complaints, the policy is um, upheld, as it were. So it's just for council information that uh, both complaints have been dismissed. Okay, um, Mr. Scamberg. The the complaints. I'm assuming they've been they've been notified. Uh... Yeah, the Alberta Human the Alberta Human Rights Commission. It, it's their process, so they notify both parties, and this is our notification uh, from the org organization. The actual complainants were notified first and then we're notified next yeah would someone care to uh, move the acceptance of the report oh miss donnie so moved for information madam deputy mayor thank you thank you all those in favor is carried thanks and Ms. Bell then is up again for SPCA land donation yes. request. I will just make a quick phone call and ask that George and Sheila can come up and I will literally hand the, the microphone to them, the SPCA group. Okay, we don't need the TVs. Wakey, wakey phone. Here we go. You're doing a presentation, right? Correct. Do you want, do we need the televisions or? Sorry, I lost Penny's number. Where did she go? Did she call me? Oh, she was going to call me. Yeah, she was going to be available to um, be a voice from beyond. Oh. She thought she was calling in, so I just let her know that you're calling her. <laughs> okay, what is the... Just wanted to get her... That's what I did I feel like it's easier if we just call her. Yeah, that work from all the stuff from up and away about That will work better. I press buttons and nothing happens. Actually, she's probably loud enough. Uh, counselors, Hello. if you. It, Hi, Penny. Hi. We're just getting set up for the agenda item. Counselors, oh, if you perfect. need Thank to move so, much. so you can see the screen at any point, feel free. Can you not um, put it on there? We no, we're not right up here. Not no. there yet? Nope. No, we've lost that. Oh. We're getting it back, but we've lost it with the oh. new systems. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. It's attached to the agenda now. Okay. Before Friday, hey there, Mr. Town? Uh, we'll see. I can't promise anything. <laughs> so you can click along to the camera. Oh, yeah. Have you got it? Right <laughs> it's kind of important. <laughs> so, uh, uh, welcome. And if you would like to introduce yourselves for the record and uh, then lead us through your presentation. Awesome. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor, councillors and administration. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself first, George. Sure, George Leger, a member of the building committee. And George is, was a past president and board member of the SBCA for many years. Uh, Penny, we have Penny Stefan on the phone. Go ahead, Penny. Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for having us. And sorry I couldn't be there. Uh, my name is Penny Stefan. I'm the current president of the Peace Regional SBCA. 
And my name is Sheila Veit. I'm a past uh, board member for the SPCA and a current member of the building committee for the SPCA. So thank you so much for having us tonight. Welcome. Um, thanks. And Raymond Condrod is another member of the building committee and he couldn't be here tonight. So we're here tonight to make a formal request uh, for the donation of the two lots that we listed here on the presentation where the animal shelter currently sits. And we'd like to build a new animal care facility. We'd also like to provide you with some information to show the need for the new facility within the town of Peace River. This slide just states our mission to provide food, shelter, medical care, and the opportunity for the adoption to unwanted, surrendered, lost, and unclaimed animals while promoting responsible pet ownership through its educational programs and public fundraising events. So we keep that in mind as we move through our operations on a day-to-day -day basis. Little bit of history, won't keep you long here. Um, this is a not-for-profit animal shelter. It was started about 36 years ago in 1985. Some of the key founding members were Dr. Dave Dempsey, Pam Towers, and Bart Niedermeyer. Dr. Dempsey and Pam Towers, through their work at the vet clinic, realized the need for this service within the town as they were unable to accommodate all of this type of displaced animal within their facility at the vet clinic. Why do we want a new facility? Well, first of all, we've outgrown the current facility. We've managed for many years at over capacity, um, but I think the time has come to now broaden that. The maintenance of our facility is getting to be too much. So we're looking for, we need a new roof. We need improved or larger outdoor runs. The ventilation is an issue. We have some more mold forming and we feel it's a poor environment for our staff and for our animals. And it's, it's an old building and getting a bit run down. As I mentioned, the outdoor kennel space is limited. And one of the really important things is the lack of room to provide isolation for animals, say coming in from animal control, being surrendered. So there's a, a period of time that they can be kept isolated from the other residents of that facility. And the next slide shows some of this in picture format. So when it rains, it pours inside of the building. So I don't know if you can tell from the picture, but the arrows are pointing to some litter boxes, uh, not for their normal use, but they're on top of the catteries collecting rainwater. Um, I, I kind of laugh to see our friend, the black and white cat, he's actually looking up at those and wondering what's going on. Uh, they actually had to use a, a hose to drain the water from those down to the drains in the floor. Just gives you an idea of what the staff deal with. I won't spend a lot of time on the stats. Uh, the numbers are really high. We look back to 2011-12, over 800 animal intakes in a year. Um, you see a little bit of a decrease as another animal shelter in the area took hold but we now are starting to see a bit of an uptick as um, the numbers just increase. And even though that capacity was served at that time, I don't know that that was actually a healthy or a good thing to be doing. We just did it because we had to. This is current stats for this year. Uh, it shows a trend similar to previous years. The green bars are total animals in, uh, brought into the shelter during those months. Um, I believe 
roughly just under 300 as of the end of June. So it looks like we're on trend for another year of about six to 700 animals. Typically, I think we see a little bit more increase in those numbers as we hit start to hit the winter months in the fall, late fall. Here are some municipal stats where the animals are all coming from. This is for the year 2020, mostly from the town of Peace River. And as you may know, we the SBC also holds the uh, animal control contract. Uh, but some are coming from other areas surrounding the town. So some of our plans. Uh, we're currently speaking with a firm called Animal Arts. They actually are an architectural consulting firm from the United States. The reason we're talking to them is they were recommended by a veterinarian who is interning in shelter management as one of a couple or few firms that really specialize in this in particular, in the design of animal shelters. Uh, there are very specific needs with animal shelters. The, this group works only in developing veterinary hospitals and shelters. So they have very specific and applicable information for us. The first step would be a needs assessment where they'll go through all of the needs of our particular group and our area and develop a design for us. Ultimately, I believe the suggestion is that we work with a more local Canadian firm to actually do the work, but they would provide us with initial drawings just to make sure that we capture all of the needs for our facility, there's no point to build something that's not quite gonna work. And in fact, one of the things that I, I remember that Penny mentioned that they had concerns over is that many places build too big. So this helps us to be more efficient in our sizing as well. Did you come up So approximately a 5,000 square foot building, some of the things that may be included, Isolation rooms, I've mentioned already, really important. Uh, pocket pet room, things like birds and snakes and gerbils that don't like to necessarily reside with the cats and dogs, staring them down. Uh, treatment in medical rooms, currently don't have a proper treatment or medical room. And I think some of the basic treatments could be done in-house if they had proper facility. Currently, staff are eating their lunches, etc., at the front desk of the shelter. There's just not space, and I don't think, especially with COVID, that's the best scenario. So we'd like to, for them to have their own space, as well as maybe an office or two for a manager. Boardroom, um, not only to house the board, we've had our board meetings in various locations uh, offered free by different companies, usually one that one of us works at. <laughs> but it'd be nice to have that for other purposes besides the board meetings. So things like educational programs. We host a lot of birthday parties at the shelter, but it's not probably the best environment for that. We could do better. And, and some of these things like fundraising events, we can actually bring in some revenue by having a, a bit of a nicer facility. I'm not sure if you've ever seen adoption rooms, but typically in some other locations, they'll have a room that's set aside for people to meet the pet have some time with them um, and see whether that's a good fit or not. So a separate space and of course some of the utilities like storage and laundry. 
So our goals with this new building, you've heard some of the specifics, basically a healthier environment for our animals and staff. One of the things that we're passionate about is creating a fear-free space. Uh, there's actually some certification that staff can and facilities can get in this area. So separating the cats from the dogs uh, can actually help to make them more relaxed in the facility. Enhance our canine and feline enrichment programs. So having the space to allow animals to, some need to learn to play even, depending on their prior situation, without all the others around, maybe for training as well. Uh, to better facilitate educational programs and public awareness, maybe bringing guest speakers, trainers, etc. The proper quarantining of new animals, as I've mentioned, creating a, a better, more welcoming space for the public to come in. We do see a lot of public in the terms in terms of volunteers for walking, school children. Um, believe we had a program where school children were reading to the animals so benefit to both kids and the animals but it would be nicer to have a little more space to do that ultimately we'd like to make sure that more animals are adopted as a result and to better facilitate owner and pet reunions and adoptions this drawing is just a sample uh, but it kind of gives you an idea of what the firm or a firm involvedness could provide to us as an initial starting point for our building. So in terms of support or financial support for this project, uh, you may know that we, the SPCA was the beneficiary of a fairly substantial inheritance from Joyce Ford Watmore, for which we are quite grateful, and which was designated for a project like this. Uh, even though it's substantial, it's probably enough to build the building, but maybe not furnish it, put the equipment, the special finishings, uh, it does require special ventilation and drainage, etc. Uh, we do also have other memorial donations and donors uh, that are specifically donating for a building fund. As it mentions at the bottom of that screen, uh, we're working on a sponsor package so that businesses, individuals uh, would be recognized as sponsors. Um, once we have some land secured and we start the process, we can go ahead with that as well as applying for grants. So basically, in a nutshell, the request is for the donation of the two lots that we currently reside on and not-for-profit tax exemption for five years after completion. And then we can make that request annually after that. So any questions? Hopefully the three of us can answer. Councillors? Your present building um, is about how big? Would it be 500 square feet? Must be. Bigger. It's bigger than that. Twenty-two hundred and forty-four square feet. Hmm. So essentially, you'd like to double the building, and yeah, there's an echo sometimes. <laughs> if you could turn your microphone off and you're not, that'll oh, help. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Um, so, uh, and you're hoping to have an answer tonight on the donation of the two lots request. I take it. 
and uh, the part about the tax exemption for five years it's usually a, is it usually a an annual or a less than five year type um most recently we've done it in three-year blocks mm -hmm. um i think that's coming up this spring i would have to recall but uh, we could accommodate whatever council uh, wants to do. Okay. okay. Um, Councillors, do you have questions? So, Madam Deputy Mayor, I do have some questions more related to town stuff than to the SPCA, but I did appreciate your presentation. And I, and I, you know, the um, Road Rack came and helped paint last year. And it's a big difference for you guys. I'm sure you were happy to drive in there and go, okay, this looks better. But I dropped off something there the other day. Your staff is lovely. It was looked well organized. But when I got through the, the drive there, I thought, okay, yeah, this is very timely in your guys' appearance. So um, thanks for coming tonight. Do you want your question now or do you want to wait? Uh, I'm like this. So okay, can, I'll wait. I've got it, not to worry. I don't need to write it down, it's stored right there. <laughs> okay, thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. And how many employees uh, does the SPCA kind of have? I don't know, on a shift or total or? So we employ about eight or nine employees, uh, part-time to full-time staff. And we try to have at least three every day and they work 8.30 until five. Uh, and then sometimes like during our busier times, we will try to have four staff on. So we would have three in the morning just to do the clean, depending on how many animals we have. And then two or three in the afternoon. Any other questions, Mr. Scammerhorn? Um, what difference does it make um, if you have the land in your possession or not? I'm not trying to, don't, 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 don't prejudice my, what I might decide or whatever. It's just, I was just curious what, you've been going this long without it for now. Maybe people out there are wondering why, why, why do you need it and what its current state doesn't work because how come? What? to unless we have build a new building like until now it's not our building either so i think that's the difference is that if it's purchased or built by the sbca to have the ownership of the, the lot and the building makes things a little more simple for us right makes way more sense okay um just quick forgive my ignorance on this so you've got like nine staff you're running this building you're trying to heat it and feed all these dogs where does all this money magically come from to get this done? Because I don't suppose this is a, this is not a growth industry in terms of finances, although it sounds like it's one in terms of clients. Okay. So, I, well, we have, I would say, most of our financing, definitely for the shell of the building, will come through um, Joyce's donation. Uh, and then we're looking at doing some grants and then you know, funding and stuff from other municipalities that we house animals for. Uh, I think just overall, you know, like the bulk of it, the building uh, could be done through that, but we know we have a very aggressive fundraising plan to, you know, to finish the rest of the building. And like, as far as your day-to-day -day operational funds, how, what about those? So day-to-day -day 
operations and all through fundraising right now and, and local like donations. So we're very fortunate we have kind of a set of I think dedicated <laughs> sponsors that always will come with, you know, dog food and cat food. We get donations through pet value. Um, some of the other local grocery stores have also donated like broken bags of food and that helps us get by as well. But the majority of our funding comes through donations. Okay. And through the town peace server contract. And through well. the town, that's right. And through the contract. Yeah. Perfect. Um, you know, that is definitely one of our bigger incomes is the animal control contract that we have with the town. Okay, good. Thanks for the info. Okay, any further questions of our presenters? Okay, well thanks very much. And I think Tanya's gonna lead us through the next part of it. Um, please stay if you would like. <laughs> Mayor, the report in next phase of the conversation before you is the RFD related to information on the formal request for land donation. Uh, this does not request or um, address the request for tax exemption. That would be done more formally through the Corporate Services Department in uh, the annual review that corporate services puts out to uh, nonprofits. So we'll put that aside if council would be okay with that this evening um, and deal directly with just the land request for tonight's report. That's agreeable. Great. Um, the two lots that are being requested this evening uh, by the SPCA is their current location they are situated on. Um, Lot 7, Block 15, Plan 3409HW, and Lot 10, Block 15, Plan 7823128. Both of these properties, one is a partially a dog run and some parking-ish area, and the other lot is where the current building is located. Uh, it is a town-owned building, um, which is slightly embarrassing because of the current state that it is in. Uh, there is no doubting that this particular structure um, requires an upgrade, renovation, replacement, the gamut. Uh, the assessed value information is presented for council's information, total value at $273,300. Uh, and that is the most current assessment for the two pieces of property and the current building on the property. Uh, just a note, there is a shed at the back of the lot. Um, and I'm going to get the lot mixed up, doesn't matter. It's behind the existing building. It is owned by Rotary, so it is a conversation that um, administration will have with the Rotary Club uh, looking at that 
it's a small land lease of whether or not they can find another location for their shed or what that outcome would be. Um, but that area will also be provided to the SPCA within this proposed transfer of ownership if council approves. Um, council does have a number of options. Um, option one is to approve the donation of the two parcels directly to the SPCA. Um, as you've seen this evening, there definitely is a need. They are a reputable organization, long-standing um, nonprofit within the community that does excellent work. And it would support um, a pretty nice development within an area that has seen some newer development most recently with Outreach Campus developing our neighborhood renewal project um, being planned for, for next year. So this would add to another positive development for that neighborhood. Um, there is some setbacks in terms of setting precedent for other future donation requests, but those isn't, it's not always a disadvantage either. So there's a, pro and, a pros and cons to setting that precedent um, with other nonprofits. We do have other lease locations, 12, um, that could have some future conversations on. Um, financial implications, there are not, these are not significant. There it will be a small local improvement levy on the property um, in the neighborhood of $400 to $600 that would then be turned over as the responsibility of the SPCA, that it will follow the property, that local improvement levy. Um, tax at revenue, as noted, unless tax exemption is provided, and currently they are tax exempt. Um, option two is leasing. We currently lease the building and land to the SBCA. You could maintain that lease. Part of the rationale to maintaining a lease is that it is consistent with some of your current policies. However, um, it, I'm sorry, it also maintains a public asset for however long you want to maintain that asset. The disadvantage of this is you're also attaining a, um, another liability. It's another building that you would own or it's another piece of property with a building that may not be owned by the town on town land. So there's a liability situation that is maintained in that type of a lease arrangement. Uh, however, we do have many of those in place, so it's it's not out of our norm for practice. Um, financial implications, there there's no change on this particular option. Option three is a donation with a caveat or a condition or subject to um, a development permit. Some of the rationale behind option three is it's uh, it provides the town of Peace River with a um, a little bit more control, I'm lost for a word here, where we can ensure that the property is then used for its intended purpose, which is the structure or the building of a new SPCA building, uh, as opposed to maybe plans fall through and the land gets sold if it's a donation outright, and then the town has lost that asset for a future purpose. Um, uh, disadvantages again, some precedent setting and financial implications, which we've gone over, they'd be very similar to option number one. So administration does make a recommendation to council to proceed with the donation 
as per option three that would have a subject to component of a uh, development permit being applied for by the SPCA and approved by your development authority, which is uh, the Town of Peace River in this particular case. Thank you. So just a, a clarification on the development permit, the area is already zoned for? Correct. Okay, so it's, yes. There's no zoning on. changes required. It's just and make. That is one of the benefits um, that also has come up in our conversations with the SPCA over the last year is that current property is zoned. The neighbors are aware of um, that what they are near beside and if anything a new development has the potential to improve your your neighborly um, ambiance yes yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> and i know penny has uh talked about the fact with the uh, architect out of the u.s that can be a consideration in their development and planning and and trying to minimize some of the impact that inevitably occurs with um, more vocal yeah. clients within yeah. within the housing system <laughs> so this new building and so on it would fit nicely with the neighborhood improvement in terms of if they need a different water line or something yeah that that won't wouldn't be an issue at all okay great mr. good so you, you talked about the the um, difference between leasing and, and uh, the donation and am I correct, however, that the, the, that the Sagatawa situation with the Aladair was another donation of land correct. and property to an organization that was in the organization? So we, it's not like we haven't done this before. That And that one is ever so slightly different because it was a public RFP process, whereas right. this is an occupied, the occupant of the existing lease is requesting um, right, but that donation. So can argue tenure and stuff like that. Potato, I mean, potato, really. Yeah. I don't have anything against it. Yeah. The point I was, was making that it's not like we haven't donated land That's to correct. an organization that before. Yes. And it, yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. This yeah. is not like totally uncharted territory. No, and if anything, this might be a new path or new territory that we would, may want to explore further and there could be other conversations that uh, future councils would like to have around other locations. Sure, thank you very much, appreciate it. Ms. Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. It, it turns out I, oops, sorry, I thought I do have, I think I do have a question that Penny might be able to answer if she's still there, but, uh, so, but first of all, Tanya, I'm pretty confident I've asked you before, that's not actually a roadway in that, that's correct. It, it, we have confirmed this, it is a lot. It has been used as roadway access by various parties, ourselves included. Ourselves yeah. and myself the other day, thank you. I, I was pretty sure you had told me that before, but I thought this was an appropriate time for us to bring it up once more. Um, and Madam Deputy Mayor talked a little bit about our friends on either side, how they would feel like that's, and, and you've addressed that in, in option three, is that um, the condition of obtaining that development? And I'm very hopeful that that's the case. Um, my question for Penny is, if you are moving ahead with this construction, what are you gonna do with all your, are we calling them clients? Clients in your housing project right now. During construction? During construction, correct. I guess that is another conversation 
actually having with Fountain Tire uh, to see if we could actually utilize their building that's for sale next door to us. Um, if that's not a possibility, then we will be looking to rent a building while we build. Thank you. Further questions? Mr. Ford? Um, not a question, but I'd be more than willing to put a motion on the floor, Madam Deputy Mayor, that Town Council approve the transfer of ownership of the town-owned land, Lot 7, Block 15, Plan 3409HW, and Lot 10, Block 15, Plan 7823128, municipally known as 9602 94th Ave, to the Peace Regional SPCA, subject to a development permit being applied for by the SPCA and approved by the Development Authority. Thank you. Any uh, further uh, discussion on the motion? Okay, all those in favor of the motion? Great. Well, good luck with the building and uh, the whole concept. Sleep. <laughs> Good luck with the project. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, next up would be oh another property. Um, request for decision with respect to the Lions Campground, and Miss Bell is leading us through. Yes. So this is the uh, opposite of the conversation we just had. <laughs> this actually. If Puppies and kitties' eyes will be no longer staring at you and influencing decision making. <laughs> you can't say no to that. Right? <laughs> Give us some land. <laughs> Is that why you had the TV? I, yeah, <laughs> I might utilize that during budget time, just saying. Um, we need to talk staffing. Anyways, uh, Lions Campground. Uh, we have received notice from Albert Elter, uh, one of the sole members left of the Lions, Lions Club, uh, who has operated uh, the Lions Campground for, I'm actually not 100% certain how many years. Definitely over 20, I'm thinking closer to 30 and, and even more. Um, the Lions Campground has been in place at this particular site again a, a significant amount of time. Um, the site is an interesting location, however, as it is not predominantly town-owned property. Um, the majority of the site is a lease that the town holds with CN Rail, specifically for the purposes of a camp municipal type campground. Um, the town owns the outline portion in blue as town property, so the majority of the utilities, the the um, the office washroom facility is on town property. Uh, we have had a lease, a formal lease with the Lions Club for a number of years. It is expiring or has expired and has been in over a holding for this last year. Um, and now we're in a situation where the operator is uh, given notice that they would no longer uh, be operating from uh, the end of this season, which is September 30th, 2021. Um, 
administration reviewed the request and looked at the various options and the needs um, and more immediate needs of this particular facility. The 55 plus games that the town and region will be hosting in June of 2022, we do require this particular campsite for um, camping services for those participants coming to the area. We've actually dedicated that campsite for slow pitch, therefore the proximity to Ken Horland Ball Diamonds. It's literally a roll down the hill. Um, makes it very easy for the participants to stay in play. Um, we've had conversations with Mr. Elter over the last few months. Uh, we've done a site tour of the location. Uh, looked at its condition. There are a number of issues that would need to be addressed immediately, such as the playground equipment needs to go. It does not meet any standard from any decade within at least the last 30. Um, so there are some liability issues there. The washroom office building, they're all in fine acceptable standard as with any facility requires some basic maintenance and renovations. Um, but as I mentioned later, what you offer for a service level dictates how much you put into something also. There are quite a number of uh, full service sites, uh, water, sewer, electrical hookups. Um, they're in fine condition, okay condition at this point. We have not inspected water lines. We have not in inspected electrical panels. Um, so one would anticipate um, longer term requirement of upgrades and renovations, but again, it's potentially based on service levels. Um, sites need some gravel um, upgrades, some grading of uh, some of the gravel roadways. Um, there has been work done just recently by Rotaract uh, club have gone on site and done some maintenance and tree, tree trimming and flower bed cleaning that some some very basic and uh, visual improvements to the location. Um, so I'm trying to give you a scope or a scale of if you drive through you might see uh, a lot more work. Um, administration drives through and tours the site and sees a potential opportunity to add by subtracting, by removing um, certain elements within the existing park, you can still offer a service uh, and not and remove some of the maintenance requirements also. Um, we provide you with a number of options and I believe I had uh, four options and I think I could have had five or six <laughs> or maybe seven or eight. Um, so I tailored them down to some very um, specific options. And again, there can be some variation within each of these. Your option one is taking on the Lions Campground as a municipal, a new municipal service, as a standard um, program or service that you, you would do as with the pool or water or sewer. Um, there are advantage to, advantages to this option. You can work this into some of your existing departments, such as the parks under community services. Um, there will, there's so many different service level options. I didn't want to get too much into that operational conversation because that's for your administration to toy with. 
um, what's the best operational plan, what's the most effective with the dollars that could be allocated to a new service. And there are so many variations if you've ever used uh, municipal campgrounds, you have on-site operators at some, you have off-site operators, you can book online virtually, you can drop an envelope with some cash into a little box on-site. There are lots of different service level options for um, operating uh, municipal campgrounds. Um, Disadvantage of this option, uh, the most blatantly obvious one is it then imposes uh, additional work on your existing uh, resources within your department, such as public works, parks, um, staff levels are already pretty tight, workloads are already pretty high, so capacity gets very thin. Um, financial implications. I provide you with a general overview of um, based on some existing expenses from the Lions, Lions Club and what potentially some new expenses from the town side of things. Um, and again, there will be variation based on operational service level. Um, you don't have to have an on-site um, operator if you provide virtual booking through an online booking system. Um, but you do have to have somebody going and cleaning the washrooms and taking out the garbage and checking on things daily, if not every other day. Uh, so there are some basic costs that will always exist. And these are very broad estimates. They could be, there could be a plus factor, there can also be a minus factor. Um, and to be quite frank and upfront, the revenue to is a question mark. Uh, the numbers have been dramatically dropping in terms of um, campers at the location over the last number of years. So we're not sure what revenue would even look like or how many years it would get to a, a potential break even situation. Um, that really is sort of unknown to us at this time. Uh, your, another option is to do an RFP for a new operator. Completely, someone else can come in and be the new Lions Club to take over operation of the site. Um, the advantage of this is the town is not directly involved. This could offer, uh, we are the leaseholder only. This could offer one of your local nonprofits an opportunity. Uh, disadvantages, I'm not sure there's anyone <laughs> who could run out and pick this up from us right away. Um, I'm, I'm really not sure if there is anyone who would take it on in its current state or it has the ability, their own capacity to take something like this on. But that also is a bit of an unknown. Um, financial implications, I do feel that there's still some town responsibility to do some liability cleanup. For example, the playground equipment needs to be pulled out as soon as we take over, um, as, as soon as that September 30th date hits, it's now a Town of Peace River facility. Formally, we need to go in and remove that equipment. So there will be some cleanup costs associated with that, predominantly time of staff and tipping fees and that kind of thing. Um, the other financial implication to putting this out for RFP is it doesn't migrate into our operational budget. So there is um, no impact to us 
potentially, but if we move into one of the other operation, uh, um, options, there will be an operational budget impact. Option three is to look at acquiring the operational uh, management of the site for one season only. And the intent of this option is to give us a little bit more time to look at even exploring, maybe there is some um, community groups out there, but they need some time to get organized. It addresses the town's need for uh, a campsite for the 55 plus game uh, participants. Um, and we get to address some of the liability issues that, that really need to be addressed as soon as possible. Um, disadvantage of this, it places definitely some uh, pressure on departments to operationally deal with this uh, in an interim basis for next year. Financial implications would be similar to option number one, but they would be for a year, not for a long period of time. It would be the caveat of one season only and then the next council could readdress the issue either through budget process or at a future meeting having this same conversation again of how they would like to address a longer term operational plan for the site. And your last option, though not the least, there are, council has other options to present. Um, converting the location from a campground to a day use location or not even a day use site and just revert, reverting the location back to a, a empty, foresty, gravel space. Um, that is an option. It eliminates any operational impacts other than the cleanup or reclamation of the site. Of course, there'd be a cost there, um, but it has the potential to reduce any long-term operational costs or any investment or capital costs that can come with um, taking on an asset like a campground. Because inevitably, there will be some capital costs if you took on any sort of new asset. The recommendation of administration is the option three. Which is run it for a year. Correct. Okay, councillors' questions, Councillor Downing. Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. <clears throat> so a couple things, Tanya. I like the idea of running it for a year. It gives us a bit of data and you're right, I think there's work that we have to do regardless of you know, whether we take it on full time or not. Um, Tanya. Uh, the, the couple things, so Tanya, like thanks for mentioning that Road Racked went in there and did that work because I went through it the other day or a couple of days ago and thought, Wow, they did a really nice job in cleaning it up. It looks really great. Um, so we're confident that the Lions Club is going to turn it back to us at September 1st or September 30th because I've heard conflicting information around that. So I'm just following up about that. Uh, I did speak with Mr. Elter of his, he's intending to no longer be operation, op, operating the site at the end of September. That is confirmed. Um, what the challenge may be for him is to move off all of his um, personal effects, Lions Club effects, all the assets owned by the Lions Club. 
that is going to be a bit of a challenge. Um, there was an intent to have garage sales over the summer and I, I'm not sure any of those activities occurred. So um, that's going to be the next conversation of how are we moving stuff out is that's that's the piece that's um, lagging. So when you say confirmed, did you get something in writing no. from them or the Lions Club? The, it, this is Albert Elter directly. Um, there is no, um, there are two individuals left with the Lions Club. That's, that's the challenge. There is no Lions Club left. Okay, so well, one last thing, Tanya. In the groups that I've belonged in, long to they there was always a dissolution clause in their bylaws um you don't yep. know whether there's something like that uh no i don't and i would have to inquire further with him and i'm not sure how they would do that um with not a quorum of members i i'm not sure they their society status is not up to date is the other challenge um, so we would have to look into some of the legalities of that, of how they would dissolve as an organization. Yeah. We would be prepared to support him as he moved through that process. Uh, we could support him in terms of the dissolution of the organization, the nonprofit, uh, the best we could. I'm not sure what that would look like. Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? So we, we ran into a similar circumstance with um, one of the, uh, in North Peace Housing, with one of the clubs that they had started, these fundraising clubs for doing things, and, and boy, oh boy, did that ever drag out for years, mm, yeah. uh, getting, getting all that done and getting the assets sorted out and, and everything. So you're doing it either way. That, that's the thing yeah. that, that this is happening either way so that that's that's a little bit tough I guess so that's not really a question is it that's just a that's a that's a that's a warning um, well and, and just to um, build on that because it is town-owned property and the the leaseholder could literally leave and we would be responsible for any assets left behind so it's whether they formally dissolve, whether they... So there is a piece of paper saying that in the end, we might get stuck with all stuff anyways, it, but that would save you a lot of paperwork. Potentially, but add a whole bunch of other oh, yeah. challenges. Yeah. 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 Um, what about the trailer, the manufactured home, pardon me? The, it, that's part of the conversation of, that's an asset of the Lions Club. Okay. Um, do they plan on moving it? it? Are they planning on leaving it behind? There will be an assessment because there's um, the fixed assets is the washroom structure. Yes. And there is a um, garage building that is more of a fixed asset, but there's a number of also other sheds that would be um, an asset that could be removed and are owned by the Lions Club. But I'm not sure if there's an intent to move them or to sell them or put them out for somebody to buy it. And if you can move it, you can, um, that's a conversation that we administration would have with Mr. Elter of what's the intent of these things and how can we assist you in, in, in those processes? I, 
Do I get to just keep going till I'm done, or should I share? <laughs> you can have one more. <laughs> I did. I get, yeah, you did. We as we do, don't we? Um, my, I guess my feeling with option three is if you're going to take it and run it for a year, and like with any project or business or whatever, all the big, huge costs generally are up front to get it going. And once you've got it going, it kind of you put all the initial investment in it. You mm -hmm. kind of be time will tell, obviously, but yeah. It would kind of be silly almost to just like, well, we're going to put all this work and clean it up and give it away. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure you thought about this because with eight options I, <laughs> in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess absolutely. that I guess I I'm not saying option three is a bad idea, and I think yeah. this is definitely something that the next council should should probably have the, the the final say on. But yeah, that's just my thinking about that. It's like let's let's clean this place up because I've driven around it a couple times too, and. The, the, the new paint and, and some of the cleaning up that was done is great, um, but it's a big site and there's lots of empty oil drums and all kinds of really interesting stuff around this. By the time yeah. you get rid of it all and put all that work into it and we, we, you know, get public works to do basically just that for a couple of weeks. It seems like a bad idea to just hand it off, in a way. In a way, yeah. Councillor Good? Um, I'm kind of inclined toward number three for a couple of reasons. Um, I think the main one is we need it for next year. But but having said that, that gives you a year to deal with the other issues that you're going to face, like the, the questions of is there in fact a Lions Club that actually exists? Mm -hmm. If the um, society hasn't been kept up to date at a certain point, it becomes non-existent on its own. I mean, and I'm not prejudging that I'm just saying that you if you look into those you're going to get answers and they're not hard answers to get as to what you're going to be dealing with then you know how to deal with it and I think right now we can't deal with the unknown we need it for next year well let's run it for the year I don't think we have a choice but use that year to investigate the legalities investigate the existence yes. and come out and come and bring the next council and go forward up with the options I mean yes. that's I don't think that's a hard decision to make. I mean, if you wish, I'll make the motion to the council approve the undertaking operational management of the campground for the 2022 season and direct staff to conduct a review of the long-term operations plan in conjunction with the budget preparation, 2023 budget preparations. I'll make that motion because I believe it gives you the time and the wherewithal to do what you need to do. Councillor Ford. So you had uh, spoken about unknown revenues. Mm -hmm. So in my first term of council, I do distinctively remember that that group had applied for uh, tax relief. Correct. And uh, it was non was non successful. That is correct. Because of the amount of revenue, revenue. that they were bringing in. Now, if I yeah. remember correctly, because I had friends stay there, yeah. they were normally renting out to. Um, like a trailer, a trailer on a site for months on, yeah, month to month to month. Because most of the people that were staying there were being were being employed somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, don't quote me on it, but that was somewhere up in the midst of eight hundred dollars or more for three months. I like I say, I don't don't remember the exact number, but with the with the numbers now going down. Um, well, I know I know Byron camps a lot, and there's other other campgrounds. I've seen like I've stayed at municipal campgrounds before, 
that are that are municipally owned, and their their rates to stay there are what forty five a night for a powered and fully serviced lot. It's probably not far off forty anyway. They they vary. Yeah. They really the the gamut is so broad from twenty five dollars a night to forty forty five fifty. It's there's I a very yeah, I don't think you get charged out here because we don't have any trees here anymore. No. But anyway. Yeah. You'd be surprised what people will pay for untreated yeah. lots yeah. next to things they like. But yeah, I'm I'm also in favor of running it for a year, even maybe maybe even going for two years, so you can get the data that you need to make a so the next council can make a proper decision on it. Councillor Downing, before we vote, I did just want to touch on one other thing: is that Mr. Elter has actually been living on site through this whole time and. Where are we do we where are we feeling? Where are we landing on that situation? Well, and, and he has another location. He does have another yeah. location. Perfect. That, as far as I know, um, but the intent is that this is not a residential. It, it's it doesn't meet the zoning actually. So um, oh, he has a house in town. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we okay. That that's good. Because yeah. he doesn't say there during the winter. No. Okay. So, so uh, under the description of the options, um, it suggests that an operator might be paid around 2000 a month and a contractor fee per month with free on-site access to the full sites. Does that mean that person would be staying there? Yeah, so one of the operational options is to have an on-site operator and they typically um, individuals with their own trailers or motorhomes and you allow them to park on site so then they can manage all of the on-site issues take bookings deal with problems all of one inquiries of yeah councillor Ford yeah I unfortunately didn't carry on and keep on going but um, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, with my comments about the uh, the taxes um, are they up to date on their taxes Have they been paid? They were up to date at the end of 2020. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I can't say for sure what the status of 2021 is. But they had got, they were behind before, so they were up to date um, in December. Any further discussion? Okay, we'll call for a vote. All those in favor? No opposed, it's carried. Thank you. Director Bell, and you're still up. Oh, yes. So now the 55 games, and you're going to house some of them perhaps there yes. now. <laughs> the 55 plus Peace Region Games Society has submitted a request to all of the municipal partners. So all five municipality has uh, municipalities have received this uh, specific letter. The Games uh, Society is looking at um, the concept of a legacy project. So for example, in past hosting of 2010, 2007, four, seven, four, wow, feels like yesterday, uh, Alberta Winter Games, Summer Games in 2010, there were specific capital projects that occurred with the hosting of those uh, each of those games. In the 2010 Summer Games, for example, we purchased eight or 12 uh, large 
metal aluminum bench systems that are actually located now at um, Glenmary uh, track oval football field and other various sports locations so that's an asset the region has access to and are utilized by some other municipalities that were a partner in that legacy capital project there was no legacy or capital project built into the 55 plus games hosting one because there was no need we have all of the facilities that exist already that um, we can host all of these sports and activities um, and two we were being modest within our budgeting um, plan uh, it seemed to be sort of an extra that wasn't required within the bid process the committee is looking to see if the municipal partners have any interest in exploring a legacy project they do provide you with um, what they see is some criteria that would be required if they went down the path of a, a legacy project. And remember, this is a legacy project that could be in any of the five municipal partner areas. This isn't necessarily a legacy project for the Town of Peace River. It could be Town of Grimshaw, MD of Peace, County of Northern Lights, Northern Sunrise County. Not that it should matter because it's a regional bid the benefit should also then be regional. Um, but we are looking for uh, legacy projects, if that's where they go, that serve the 55 plus population. Um, again, they must be located in one of the municipal partner uh, geographical boundaries or municipal boundaries, and it must have a sport activity or craft orientated, which is in line with the 55 plus games uh, mandate, as it were. Um, so it's not, they're not looking for social services or social benefit programs or, or capital projects. They're looking for sport recreation uh, activity based legacies. Um, they would anticipate if municipal partners are agreeable to this concept that there would be some process of prior, prior approval by the municipal government that the project would impact. So for example, if uh, we received a legacy project idea for the um, Northern Sunrise County and they wanted to build a second bouncy pillow, <laughs> <laughs> 55 plus bouncy pillow. <laughs> it was Mr. Town's idea. Um, Maybe not that bouncy. <laughs> less bouncy pillow. Bouncy pillow. Uh, <laughs> whatever concept was proposed, that particular council would have to support the concept before the legacy project were, was advanced. Mr. Councilor Ford. Yeah, so, so um, the, with the legacy project, depending on the value of the project, yeah. um, can that, could, uh, could there be multiple projects? It's you know? possible. Okay, yeah. and the other question I have is I know we've talked about this before yeah. when it comes to the Saddleback Park. Yeah. Once, once the path around the, the area or the walking path around the area is done, um, there's supposed to be exercise pods going in. Yeah, that would be a future project. Yes, yeah, but exercise yeah. pause that would benefit seniors. Yes. So is that something that uh, it could that be. we could look at for yeah. the legacy project? Yes, that's a, probably a, a very good example. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, so the board is looking for council's feedback, um, uh, approval almost, I wanna say. I'm not sure that's the correct terminology. Um, if this is something that uh, the Town of Peace River Council is interested in. I do have some um, information that I'd also like to add to the conversation. And there is a concern at the administrative level of uh, the ability to achieve this goal. Um, we are just finalizing the board. We are still missing some critical um, coordinator positions. We, we don't have a PR marketing or advertising uh, coordinator. Just, just saying. Oh. Saying. Um, <laughs> been talking to media about this option um, so I, I do have some concerns that it, this is a absolutely wonderful idea I support the the concept of it um, some other components need to be in place uh, for us to get planning in place and moving forward um, I'm not sure this is an element that administration and staff would be having any capacity to be involved in so other games um, have they always done this up front or is it uh, if there's leftover money then here's some legacy what do you want to do there's both scenarios so in previous both previous games there were some capital projects the bleachers are an example of that uh, the track is another example it was uh, we knew we needed to do some upgrades and then the decision was made to add the uh, the rubberized surface on top of the upgraded asphalt surfa surface to improve and enhance the site. The asphalt was an upfront known. The rubberized surface was a, hey, let's. this is a great enhancement. Let's do it as a uh, additional concept after. And then there was also a legacy grant program that was developed because the 2010 games was so incredibly successful fundraising there were remaining dollars and there was a uh, public call for community grants by youth nonprofits or nonprofits focused on youth sport and activity they could apply for grants within the region and quite a number of grants were provided um, to those organizations so it's been a bit of both Councillor Downing, did you have a question? Thank you, Madam Deputy Mayor. You did touch on it. Uh, my experience in 2004 was that we didn't <clears throat> get to this decision making until much farther in the process. Um, and um, so again, like, like you, I'm wondering if we're ahead of the process with the exception of that <clears throat> amazing logo. Yeah. yeah, with the exception of that, that's Great. bang on, but um, when you say that the the municipality that it will be, <clears throat> excuse me, residing in, that means coming back to us for possible yep. donation, donation, <laughs> if financial we, contribution. Let's call it that financial contribution. There is, and we do have a municipality. One of our other partners have asked that question. What's the intent? Is the intent that the legacy? the 55 plus group would fundraise all of the funds. What if they don't? What is what is the plan B? Does the project just not happen? Or if there's an additional 
sum of funds needed will the request come back to the municipality so the board is having that conversation this uh, Wednesday um, to to formally provide some answers to those questions but it has been raised by a couple of municipalities so you would like um, for council tonight to say we're all in uh, what's our uh, next option wait until the end um, <laughs> or something we, we should say something or or um, we like the concept um, I don't want to put words in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> Is this something we might see as an opportunity? Just the, the thing that popped into my mind, and maybe it's because I see it every day, is say the tennis courts by TA North yeah. Glenmary area. Like the, those are a need for of a, of a the, the fence is falling apart yeah. and the asphalt's got trees growing through. They need a major rehab. Right. So maybe this is an opportunity for us to do something we might want to do anyways or contribute to anyways. Um, is there any, I don't know if there's anything else like that, but that, like when I first read this, I'm like, A, I feel underqualified, uh, you know, or whatever, because mm -hmm. oh. I'm so young, Joanna. Did oh. you get it? Sorry. Okay, so anyway. Miss Downing picked up on that. She one. did. She the rest did. of us did not. <laughs> so this is supposed to be for the over 55ers. Right, and, and that's why I had trouble with that. Because I, 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 I can because see your difficulty. I'm, I'm always thinking, oh, youth, because we need to give you something to do with the grounds yeah. or whatever. So, okay, so this now we're keeping the old people out of something, maybe, or getting them out of the house or whatever. You're digging a hole. This is, <laughs> I'm having fun, though. And I mean, oh, I'm it's time. I'm it's time. Well, excellent. So some of us are closer to this number. Yeah. So is this an opportunity to, to do something like that and Absolutely. get some money from yeah. our neighbors to do it with? Except it might be located in neighbor land. Unless we took the lead on it, which you just got a campground. What more are you looking for? <laughs> well, maybe you could put something I'm, I'm out not looking for anything else. <laughs> so sure um, I made that clear enough. Okay. <laughs> Councillors, do you have a go forward uh, suggestion? Uh, I'd like to make a motion that uh, Ms. Bell return to the, the 55 plus games, sort of find out where other councils have landed on this. I don't think there's a lot of direction um, actually asked in this, in this uh, email. There's not an actual specific I didn't see um, and see where the the 55 pluses what direction they're headed in and and then you know as a as a board it should be them coming to us with a hey this is what we think we should do I I'm finding it unusual for the the ask to be the other way around well and in this particular case if I could just yeah. speak to your motion that I'm not sure great um, I think because it was the municipalities that they submitted the bid and created the operational budget. This is above and beyond and outside of that original bid. So I think they were looking to the municipal partners to one, not overstep their, their bounds because this operation of this particular games is very different than past. It, we're not just handing over the operating of the games to a separate society. It's a, a combined 
um, we are entwined. Your staff, your administration are um, uh, the managers of the games. We are the staff of the games, which has not been the same as in the past. So that is part of the, the rationale behind bringing this forward. So I'll just amend that a little bit, uh, Ms. McQuaig, that that uh, Ms. Bell returned to the, the board for the 55 plus um, and, and find out what direction has been coming at them from some of the other municipalities. So the wording that I have penciled in is uh, that Director Bell returned to the 55 plus games committee to see what other members see as the direction for this project. you've got it I do okay are we clear on the motion would you like to uh, vote to approve the motion I would. great now you did it okay it is approved thank, thank you. you and are you up next oh no that's the end for your parts today maybe okay so next up we have um, signing authority here I think um, Mr. Trabish is going to uh, present on the topic of signing authorities so we can spend all our money. Good evening, Madam Deputy Mayor Manzer, a member of council. Uh, thank you for your time this evening. Um, this particular request for decision um, does just that. It does give the administration um, authority to uh, take the annual budget that is developed by council each year and then expend it. So how we do that is we bring forward a, a decision form such as this and um, it is subject to guidance from the Municipal Government Act as laid out for you. In, in the request for decision before you tonight. Um, exactly uh, just shy of four years ago, the same type of discussion would have been held with council where um, you would have uh, passed a motion at that time, shortly after the election to announce who your signing authorities would be at that time. So that's the background on when this was last visited. And um, what we are proposing to do is bring forward a couple of options for um, uh, council to give the administration direction on when it comes to the way we are going to process and sign um, the payment and other instruments of um, issuing funds from the municipality. So the first um, option, what that option does is it basically takes names out of it and it allows the positions of the organization to move forward, go to banks and get signing authority from, from the various banks that the organization deals with. And then those individuals based on their position would sign off on any payments that are outgoing from uh, the municipal's, uh, municipality's funds. There is one exception to that. We would have to actually name the uh, counselor who would be appointed as one of the signing authorities, whereas on the administrative side, it would just be positions. 
Um, so why are we doing this? Because that, that option allows administration to be a little bit more streamlined and we wouldn't have to come forward and ask for new names to be um, prescribed to the administration so that we can run down to our local bank and get new signing cards made up. So when somebody resigns or somebody leaves, like Greg is moving on, we, we're constantly having to come back uh, to council and have decisions like this made. And it is completely normal to do it based on uh, position, not by name. Um, the other option, of course, is to re remain as is and not only name the positions of who you um, are assigning uh, signing authority to, and you would keep the name of the individual and their position as well. In this particular um, request for decision, it is the recommendation of the administration that we streamline the process for the organization and make it a little bit more, uh, I guess, cost effective in terms of time and running around trying to get checks signed and um, it actually allows us to use less of your time as well to come forward every time we need a name change. We would simply just appoint the positions. So with that, I um, would uh, bring forward the recommendation to council that uh, council authorizes one of the mayor, the deputy mayor or councillor Needham, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, and one of the CAO, director of corporate services and economic development, or the finance manager as the signing authorities for checks and other negotiable instruments. And with that, I'll turn it back to Madam Deputy Mayor. Thank you. Um, does council have any questions on the... Okay, so would someone like to bring forth the motion? Okay. Uh, so moved. Councillor Good. Yeah, the recommendation. Okay. Uh, all those in favor of the motion? It is carried. Thank you, Mr. Thank uh, you, you got to say your name correctly. Travish. 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 Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, welcome Thank you. <laughs> nice, nice meeting you. Nice meeting you. We should have had some tougher questions, you guys, really. Like, we just first week, we're going to get, is it that easy? Like, we gave Tanya a super hard time. Budget's coming up. Okay. <laughs> you can get me a budget Okay, the next item on the agenda is the uh, community policing reports. And uh, you've got those in front of you. I don't know if anyone is speaking to them, with them, or anything. Any comments on them? I know that they are talking about um, body-worn camera and digital evidence management system which is coming to apparently all RCMP um, eventually. The first uh, three years, I think the federal government is paying for some of it, and then it'll be, I'm gonna use the word, downloaded to us. I don't know. So no questions? Okay, would, would someone like to move the acceptance of that report? And Mr. Ford, all those in favor? Thank you, it is carried. Okay, information item number one, we have a AUMA report from Towns West Representative Janet J. Bush. And uh, of note, I guess, in that is the AUMA's um, um, summary of what they think about police funding. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so the police funding and uh, there seems to be some big questions uh, that they would like answered in order to um, 
come to what they feel is the way forward. And one of them, I think, is the report that seems to be have been done that people don't seem to have access to. Any other comments on that one? Okay, next one, we'll maybe move all these at the end. A response letter in support for rural economic recovery. This was addressed to CAO Parker and the town had asked him to write a letter um, in support for more support for local businesses. Uh, would someone care to summarize that letter? No. That is the correct summary. <laughs> Apparently uh, money has been had, but uh, not as a result of that letter. Not that we regret doing it, it's just we... We're bringing it to somebody's attention again. Okay, next one, uh, Northern Sunrise, a letter requesting credit for policing costs. The letter's in front of you. Take note that this uh, re refers to, uh, well, I, I would like to ask the RCMP if this is an enhanced position or what it was. It's the position that the town pays 50% of and Northern Sunrise pays 50% of, and part of that position is that the officer operates the DARE program at um, Upper Elementary School. So, any questions on that letter or comments? Just a comment, that would be the uh, uh, community liaison position mm -hmm. um, that is currently held by uh, Constable Kyle Medicraft. Right. And so they're asking whether or not other, um, there's a position paper, RCMP have other enhanced um, positions that they, somehow the funding has changed for them, all, all I can really say. Madam Deputy Mayor, it looked to me like they were saying, we've been paying this for years, can we get a credit towards the RCMP costs? Was that just me that saw that? as to that amount per year. Is that is that how it read? That's what I got out of it. Okay. So municipal, municipalities, the last par paragraph, municipalities who provide additional funding for RCMP services either for an RCMP officer or administrative staff should be recognized for these financial contributions. So yeah, I guess <coughs> somehow a lessening of their contribution. Um, then we have a Mercer Peace River public announcement letter or, with respect to the fiber procurement project and this was very good news I would understand for the company. They seem to have got a grant and going forward with this new process. My understanding is that they, sorry Deputy Mayor, my understanding is that they have not confirmed the grant but they're proceeding with the project anyway. Oh, okay. Well, good for them and good for the area, I guess. That generally doesn't bode well for getting grants, though. No, no. Well, we've learned on the construction side, for us, municipal side, it doesn't seem to. But Okay, would someone like to move the acceptance of information items uh, one through four for so moved. information? Uh, Councillor Scammerhorn, okay, all those in favor? It is carried. Now, um, we do have to um, make uh, some resolutions here. Earlier we passed a resolution to have a special council meeting on September 7th. We need a time, we need to pass a motion to when to start that meeting and um, 
if it's before or after the governance and priorities meeting we might need to do something there so what is your wish to have a special council meeting before the governance and priorities or after after well i accept that if, if we're going to do it the same way they wanted to speak this is a this if they want to speak and put a presentation as they were going to do tonight then would they we should schedule a time because if you don't then our i mean the meeting can go on till 10 or 11 o'clock and then you're going to have it after so i think we should have the special council meeting at 7 45 or, or 5 whatever time we pick but we pick a time when it's going to be uh, i'm fine with five o'clock and we do it before the before it, but then it, everybody else has yeah. to wait too it so. might be hard on staffs people that are presenting to do it so why don't we do it at 7 45 it gives us time to do some work to move some things out of the way and we'll do it same as we we're going to do it tonight 7 45. does admin have any idea of uh, the number of items on the gmp meeting that agenda is presently extremely light okay. there is one possible policy in the month end reports at present and that's it so 6 30. How's that work? Okay, Chris Meyer, 630. Okay, so we would need a motion to have the special council meeting on September 7th start at 630. Got it, right Councillor Scanlon, all those in favor? It is carried. So do we need a resolution? We don't need anything for the governance and priority then. Okay, thank you very much for that. So we are now on to uh, notices of motion. Any notices of motion? Mr. Town. There are none, Deputy Mayor. Thank you. Uh, comments from the public? Okay, uh, key communication items. We have a communicator here. So um, we're not communicators. He's going to be a media rep. Um, anything that we should highlight? The SPCA is. Okay. SPCA, the donation of two lots, and best wishes for their construction. Anything else you'd like to highlight? Actually, that's really good news. Mm -hmm. Anything you think we should highlight, David? I'm just going to be doing the SPCA thing once it's done. Great. Okay, we're happy that you're able to do that. Thank Is there you. anyone in Councillor Administration you needed to speak to, Damien, on any of the items? Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you for attending and uh, listening to all of our deliberations. Okay, are we at the end? Uh, yes, we do not have any more closed sessions. Would someone like to move adjournment? Not a okay. motion just yet, uh, Madam Deputy Mayor. Um, I'm not sure if I need a motion for this or not. Um, I was just uh, would like to ask uh, uh, Ms. McQuaig, uh, is there a way that we can reach out to the chair of the interim policing board to find out where the justice justice minister is at with the permanent board so we don't miss sending in an application i can look back at previous correspondence and see if there's a contact information there counselor yeah on on the last uh, on the last email you sent out um there was a, a letter and phone number um from uh, the interim board chair I'm just wondering, do I need a motion to ask her to do that, or? Well, if we are so 
directing admin, oops. If we're directing uh, admin to please do something, then maybe that would come under community policing reports and you could make a motion uh, because of the change to policing which is on the agenda. Yeah. So what is your motion? I would like to uh, direct administration to contact the chair of the police um, intern, uh, interim advisory committee to find out uh, where the application process is for the permanent um, advisory committee board. Okay, any further discussion? All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Someone care to move adjournment? Move to adjourn. Councillor Scammerhorn, all those in favor? Great, we're adjourned at 8.45.